This is a Think Live Be production. this tendency to want to make exceptions for things all the time like mm-hmm. oh well, I guess just for these people I'll just you know I'll bend my schedule and I'll meet with them at 8 30 a.m even though it means that I've got to get up earlier or you know drive somewhere miss in traffic time miss legion time like what are the you know I'll forget that I was planning on you know doing cardio or going out to breakfast with someone I'm thinking like weekends or something you know yeah, yeah. or like well I already have an open house on Sunday so I guess I can squeeze them in after the open house even though I had other things to prep for the week or something like that well and I you just if you made an exception every time someone asked for one it would always be like you would be following someone else's schedule like right. 100% of the time because yeah. there's not been a single time I think well that's not true but I was going to say most of the time when you offer like oh well, when are you available they're going to give you some time that you prefer not to meet <laughs> <laughs> like they're going to especially um you know people want to meet in the evenings and weekends so that's going to be their first option is like well, I don't know if you meet on weekends but and then you're like Oh yeah. If they even say that first part. Nope. That's I said it because that's what I hear. (laughs) And they do. Mm. I mean, and we do. (laughs) Sorry, that's what I meant to say. And we do. Like I do believe that you have to have some availability on evenings and weekends to be in this industry. Uh, Absolutely. I just think that you have to um you have to be careful about making those exceptions. And so some some of the things that I've learned though about this is number one. The exceptions are never worth it. The person who wants to meet at 9 a.m. on a Sunday, guess what? They're they're, they're going to fall through. Like there's something there's there's can, something you, about you them. Get the, you get the vibe, the weird vibe kind of a thing. You mean not like, even that? I just mean like it just never works out. Yeah, like it it just doesn't. So you you bend and you say, okay, I'll make this one time exception. Then I'll you know do but the first thing on my Sunday morning is going to be yeah. you know doing this consultation and then they it's important to not o- fizzle out or they're not qualified or they list with someone else I'm just making up yeah examples well I think it's important to not I'm not bitter no I'm just kidding. like I when it comes to that kind of stuff I think like well as a realtor you're not you're not an artist making paintings and that's what you're selling you're not a, a creator of of uh, specific items that you're selling, right? So the only, what's the most important thing to a realtor that they have that they give to somebody else is their time. That's the most important thing. And so if you don't covet that time, and, and then 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 you're giving things away, right? So so when it comes to somebody who hasn't earned that time from you, like. Let's say that that person that called on a Sunday that wanted to see that house and you already had something planned or whatever that we were talking about earlier, but it's a past client that you've done business with that that you like and everything else. That's a different thing than the person who just called out of the blue that you don't have any idea who they are. If you're going to give them your time, your only asset, your most important thing 
It's the only thing I have well, <laughs> worth anything. Well, when it comes to the when it comes to a new client in a business, it is the most it is your most important thing because you could be do that time is used to create new business. So when you get, just give it away to somebody when they haven't earned it, yeah, that that can lead to disastrous effects. And then at the end of the day, you're like, boy, that was a big waste of time. Well, that what that really means is you lost a lot of money today. Because you were doing something like with somebody who wasn't, you should have coveted that time better. Did uh, Kayla? Did you? Were you with me? I don't think you were. Um, I went to Time and Money. It yes. was a Ben Kenny and, and Chris, Chris Suarez. Yes. Were you? Mm-hmm. I do not remember you sitting we next to me. We sat next to each other. <laughs> Maybe I went to it twice or Golly, something. You did go to it twice. Oh, okay. I was there with the second one. The first time I didn't go with you, but I was with you. I think I just joined with you. Okay. And I was like, you're not ready for this. I'm no, ready. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but okay. So that, I wish I had my little notebook from that class because there's a lot of things that, um, Chris Suarez is somebody who's in the real estate industry. If just Google his name and, um, there's lots of, uh, good content out there that he's provided. And a lot of it is about time and he's got a really good perspective on, that like life is really short and every time you give a little bit to somebody else you're you're spending it you're spending that time now we all have to work and we all have to make money and so sometimes we have to do things and we're not sure if it's going to pay off especially in this business i have to make those decisions every day of like is this person worth working working with or are they worth meeting with um are they meeting all of my criteria <laughs> Because if you don't do that and you don't run it through that filter, then you will literally spend all year long running around, chasing around people who aren't serious, aren't qualified, don't deserve your time, and you'll make little money and you'll have squandered the the one thing that you do have, which is your time. Yeah, because when you do that, you're saying no to the potentials of meeting people who are going to yeah. turn into something. Yeah. And, and that I think I definitely did not learn like as a new agent that's just come over time of wh- how important it is to run that through the filter. But I still make mistakes like this whole idea of this topic for this podcast is based on recent experiences. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, or am I? <laughs> no, you don't make those. You don't make those mistakes anymore. But, but sometimes I do bend my rules that I set for myself. Yeah, but so, you're ba- but the I'll the that's a little bit different because you are using something that you didn't have when you were a second or third year agent, which is your experience in knowing what to expect from those people. Like you've heard all the you, you've asked all the questions and you've heard all the answers, so you know like and I watch you do it go this isn't going to work out. This isn't, and that's exactly the way it goes. Now, you couldn't have done that as a second year agent because you didn't have the experience that you have now. So you're allowed to bend the rules a little bit on on that case by case because you can rely on your on your experience to help guide you through. Well, I get Does that what, makes sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and and I agree. Like, the, and and I'm not talking about though making a decision to meet with somebody. Like, for example, um. My experience can tell me, okay, this person may not be pre-approved for a loan yet, but based on what they've told me, my experience tells me they're going to be just fine. Right. They're not and weirdos. I can, and it, <laughs> That's my first qualifying that's, thing. That's true, though. I mean, like they're <laughs> rare or they're not, weirdo. they're not, they don't have like a guard up, like they don't want to answer questions. 
and stuff, they're real open and all of those things. You've got certain criteria that they can kind of. Well, you, yeah, you ask questions and, and then your experience lets you know, like this person's going to be fine and I can help them get through that. I don't need them to be pre-approved to meet with them. So that's, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, um, things that I've learned over time, like to, to, uh, set specific, like, and this is even in most recent years, because for a long time, I, I don't think I was capable of having specific appointment times and we still struggle with, with doing this, but having specific times is something that I learned through classes and whatever. And it's really important to keep those time slots. And let me tell you why. You mean, so you don't say, well, when are you available to, no. the, to the potential client? Well, and I, I do usually ask them like, you know, just so I have a general idea which times to give them. Like mm. I want to know what's their schedule normally like mm. so that then I can give them times that I know will work right. so that they'll choose one of those. Right. That's a force. That's what magicians do when they make you think. I'm a magician. When, well, when they make you think <laughs> that's called a force. When they th- when you think you're choosing any card, pick any card, any card, they're forcing you to pick a specific card. But they think you think you're picking any card. So what you're talking about is. Are you, well, I've got Tuesday at three or Wednesday at four, which works best for you, right? It's like, they, they're like, oh, I get to choose. Well, yeah, which, but only after time? I've said, what, what's your schedule normally like? Sure, of course. Um, because then they might say, well, I'm, I'm normally off on Wednesday afternoons. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's the time I'm going to give you because that's a daytime hour that I know you're available. Um, you can also force that even further by saying, like, what daytime hours are you available? Mm-hmm. I love that one. I never remember to say it, but I love it <laughs> um, because it forces people to tell you their daytime hours. Yeah. And then they'll also tell you if they really don't have any, they'll also tell you that. But usually what comes of that that script, because that's what that is, um, usually what comes of it is they'll tell you, well, uh, well, I work normally nine to six or whatever, but um, I do have Fridays. I get off at 12. Perfect. How about this Friday? I have a 2 p.m. or a 4 p.m. So you've just, you, you did like yeah. force them into yeah. that day and, and then you give them the times you're available on But they that think day. they're choosing. Yeah. Because they are, but not really. Well, there's, <laughs> because it's, you yeah. didn't just blanket say, well, what's, what time is good for you? And they go, well, s- what about Saturday at nine? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and now you, all of a sudden you're driving to the other side of town on Saturday at nine. And it's like, yeah, you have to, you have to give them two or three choices and make them pick. Well, and and the reason I brought up the the time slots, like having specific time slots, which for the longest time, it was more of a block. It was like, I have appointments available from one to, let's just say one to six, right? Like that gives me time to do what I'm supposed to be doing in the morning, lead generation, eating, and then leaving or one thirty, you know? Um, but now I see the beauty of having the actual time slot because then I know how many appointments I can actually do in a week. And here's where the exceptions, this is what I've learned. When you make an exception, so if I have time slots at um, 1.30, 3.30, and 5.30 today, let's say, for example, and you say, well, is there any way you can make, is there any way we can meet at two? Well, if I give you that time, I can no longer fit in Anything, two more appointments. Right, anything before or after. Like I could maybe fit in one more appointment after. after. Right, but certainly not before. But not before. And that means I am only available to do one appointment that day, which 
again, as you're brand new, you're just glad to have an appointment. Like, cool, whatever, <laughs> you know, I'll meet with you. Yeah. What right now? Sure. I'll drive right over to your house right now. Right. Um, they'll do whatever it takes. But as you, as you do get busier and your schedule fills, you have to be really specific and then know, okay, what is my maximum capacity? And I'm, I still haven't reached my maximum capacity, although I don't know how my schedule is always filled every <laughs> week. Like, but like my, my max, what I mean is my maximum capacity for listing appointments. Like I know how many I can do every week and I try to make sure that those are kept open. And then, you know, let's say we're doing a team meeting or something like tomorrow we're doing a business planning thing and it's going to go long. Well, I know that and that's fine. And so I know I don't have as many open slots this week. So I'm going to be even more particular about who can get into my schedule and reconfirming those appointments and making sure they're serious because I'm I'm limited on those appointment times. What but, ha- what happens when you say, I mean that sounds great. What and what happens if they say if you have that 1:30, is that what you said, 1:30 slot? Yeah, I said I said 1:30, 3:30 like so and 5:30. I was what, just making it. What happens if their appointment is at 1:30 and then at 1:15 they call and they say I'm running late. I'm I, I can't can I get there at two? Then what well, do you do? Well, so listen, and, if it's the day of, this is the thing. Like if it's the day of, I already probably know that I either do or don't have an appointment after. So I can make, I can be late. Like if they, if they're running late, right? I can make that happen. Because no one's going to schedule 15 minutes before the chance of somebody scheduling the day of the day. Well, of wouldn't let it time. happen. Right. Because right. for for listing, I'm specifically talking about listing appointments because you do you can have more control over these things or and you consultations. You wouldn't be prepared anyway. I wouldn't be prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, even if somebody called me today and right. said, "Can I meet with okay, you that at makes four sense. or five? That's another thing that I've learned. No, I can't meet with you today because in my mind, if I'm going to get this listing, I need to prepare. And I need time to do that. And they, should, and they need to know that that's what you're doing is that's I need time thing. to prepare. Right. You have to be able to like sell them on that idea because sometimes people get like these wild ideas or like. I want to sell my house. And obviously they've been thinking about it. Yeah. Right. But like all of a sudden they're like ready to do something. And, and you do. Well, I mean, I did it last week even like you were like, oh, OK. I mean, I guess we just need to like do this. But it's like, no, take a minute. Breathe. Think about it. Think about the timing of things. Think about how it fits into the rest of everything going on. And I, that takes discipline that I still, you know, I can't say that I've mastered like the discipline to say like, okay, hold on. Let's think about that. Selling a home is not Amazon Prime. <laughs> right. But but that's the thing where people are so used to this, um, this speedy, like I can get anything. I mean, I can order something on Amazon right that, now and it can be here I think before we're done with this <laughs> podcast. I think that's true, but I do think it is just a quick, it is, it is just a quick, um, conversation and people would normally be okay with it. I would, we call a lot of people for a lot of different things that we've got going on in this house. And maybe it's because I'm hyper aware of it and stuff. But when people are like, okay, we have an appointment of, we have an availability on Wednesday. Somebody can come out. I'm like, okay. I never think like, what do you mean? You're not going to come out today. Well, like that's that I've never really been like that. And maybe that's a, that is like one of those signs that you're talking about. Like when they do say like, what do you mean? You can't come out today. Like that's not somebody you want to be. Well, so I will say like you work from home. So 
you're one of those people like you're my ideal oh, I client. Guess, I, guess, I guess I could say, yeah, that's fine well, when they say Wednesday because I'm going to be here yeah, working you, anyway. You're going to be here. So you don't even push back on it because you're like, sure, I'm here. Yeah, and that's true. I didn't think about that. but that's, They have to come to your house in order yeah. to do it. And yeah. You're going to be here. That's true. So you are an ideal client. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> can be like that. Um <laughs> Then everything would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's what I say too. If everyone could be just be like me, what do I say all the time? Don't do your best, do my best. <laughs> That's great. But so, but that also tells you a lot. I mean, again, this is what you learn through setting appointments. Is like it tells you a lot when somebody, if if they say, well, first of all, I do try to get a sense of like where they're working, and if they're working from home, then that does make it easier. But um. Let's say I didn't ask the question, um, you know, what's your schedule like or do you work from home or, you know, when are you, what are your daytime hours? These are ways to get at like when I should offer you appointments. But even if I didn't do any of that, if I offered you, well, I've got an availability at 2 p.m. or 4 p.m. on Wednesday, which would work better. And you just grab one and you don't question it, then I'm going to assume like, well, you're going to be awesome to work with because you obviously see the value in meeting with me. You're willing to because you're willing to meet and you're willing to meet when I asked on the initial time. You're not pushing back on anything and you don't have any reasons mm-hmm. or any any weird stuff where you're like, well, yeah, I, you know, you can come over, but I'll be on a call right. until seven. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, just yeah, there where, where it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> well, you can come over, but my, you know, my grandmother owns this house. And, yeah. May, you, you, uh, Sorry, yeah. I'm just making there's up a, stuff. Yeah, now. there's well, there, yeah, but there is like a million excuses and th- weird things that you've heard along the way. I remember one time somebody wanted to sell a house, but they were in a divorce, and he, she, the husband didn't know that there was you're going to sell the house, and he was like had his stuff still at the house, and there was you know, and like you, uh, I forget exactly what it was, but it was like a weird thing, like you, like we have to do this on the down low kind of a thing, and you were like, I'm not doing that. You remember what I'm talking about? Probably, Caleb probably knows what we're talking about too. Um, I'm not sure if I'm thinking of the exact same situation, but those are difficult scenarios, mm. and so you have to know, like, know the top reasons people want to sell their house or buy a new house, because then you're walking into those scenarios. Divorce is one of those reasons. Well, I don't know if that's the top reason for selling a house, but divorce can be one of those things. And then that will create an awkward situation. So on those kind of appointments, what I've learned is I'm going to meet with you separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally. Because I don't want to be sitting at the table with you. I don't care how like Civil you are. Civil, yeah, I've had people tell me, what is it called when you get a um, divorce where it's like... Um, amicable? Well, amicable is a word. Yeah, <laughs> that's a word. It is a word. Um, but no, there's like a... I think that it's a word for a specific kind of divorce where everybody is like... Uh, uncoupling? <laughs> Mutually <laughs> agreeing to like separate. Yeah, there's there's a word. None of you are saying it, no. but, <laughs> but there's a word. And so I've had people tell me that before too. And I'm like, cool. And that must help make it really great and smoother. And I would still like to meet with you separately. I don't say it like that, but like, I still want to meet with you separately because that creates extra tension in the conversation. And I may not get the best answers and really understand the motivation from both sides if I'm sitting there dealing with that. Right. Because yeah. somebody, one's going to be a stronger voice than the other. And 
well, it's be and somebody's motivation might be, well, I'm moving in with my new <laughs> significant other over here. And the other one might not know about that. So I need to really talk to both of them separately and then come together and say, okay, now we've, we've all, we've both agreed on these things. I'm going to send you the rest of the stuff electronically. Don't ever call me again. <laughs> um, that's, that's how you deal with divorces. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but there's, there's just things that you learn through appointments that you have to prepare for. So even like asking if there's any other decision makers, like that's one of the things that you have to ask on a call because I have met with too many people where they don't bring their other, the other party. And then they're like, oh no, it's, it's okay. He'll do whatever. He <laughs> which, which I get. So, okay. So let me go back a second. And say that I understand that there are times where one person is really driving the purchasing or selling and that really they are the decision maker, but that is very, very rare. And the other person, even if they're the decision maker, the other person still wants to know things like Pat, whenever, whenever Pat has somebody come over, I always ask like a million questions. Kaylee, you've experienced this before. (laughs) Like so annoying. (laughs) I love you, but I mean, <laughs> well, like, she'll, what did you, what did he say about this and this and this and this and this? And it's like, I don't know. I didn't ask those questions, <laughs> but in same thing, like when we're talking to vendors for like the client party and then I'm like, what about this? And then you're like, okay, well, I don't know the answer to that. You know, I do the same thing with every house yeah. project. You know why? Because I'm the decision maker. And <laughs> those people, those people on the or phone. the gatherers, is that what we are? We just she, gather the she, information? No, she is not really the decision maker. Um, but she, I, I will debate that. <laughs> she, she thinks she is. <laughs> but no, I think I, what, but you're right. Like there, like there is, uh, an aesthetic or something that the other person may, they might not be making the final decision or they, there could be a driver and stuff, but that person still has opinions and they're still going on the, the, the deed. Or even if they're not, it's like, there's been plenty of times where um, back in the day where so-and-so uh, girl with her boyfriend and she's buying the house and he's not have anything to do with it. And then you show them three houses and she's like, Oh, I want Brian to see it. Can we come back? And it's like, well, why wasn't Brian here Brian? <laughs> to see it this time? You know what I mean? Like there are things where it's like, or when, oh, mom's involved in this. Mom well, and dad. We talked about the parents yeah, before. And it's like, but if mom and dad are given money to the thing, then they're, they're involved Can I tell or, you? or whatever, you know? Well, so um, yes, if anybody says like we or they, I mean, you've got to just naturally ask like. Oh, okay, who's buying the home with you? Or you got a mouse um, in your pocket? Don't ask, like, oh, is your husband joining you or is your wife joining you? Because, you know, you could make that mistake that that is not the the party yeah. that's buying the yeah. house with them or whatever. Yeah. So just ask, like, oh, are there any other decision makers or who will you be buying the property with? We've seen you- we've seen people say, Oh, it's my daughter. Yeah, yeah, of my daughter and I are buying a house together or something like that. So you don't have ever, ever have any idea. What I was saying, though, about the vendor thing with me being the decision maker is the point of that was that what happens is those people you call, you set an appointment with, let's say, um, somebody to do painting. You set an appointment for them to come out. They don't ask you any question, any follow up questions. 
They're no, just like, sure, no. I'll I'll be there, and then they don't show up. <laughs> no, but they don't. They don't say, is there anybody else making the decision on the colors, yeah. or is there anybody else making the decision on the what whatever? Not one time ever has that ever happened. Never. Well, and and they don't ask any other questions about like what's important, you know, in this like what's important is it because hmm. when I think about that, it's like what what matters most to people. This is a not a rhetorical money. question. Money, money. Money is one of the biggest decision makers in everything. So if I go meet with a seller or a buyer for that matter, and then I start talking about money and the other person isn't there, well, you can guarantee that the other person is going to have a question about money when I leave. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not there to answer it. Their significant other or whoever the other party is, is trying to relay the information. And what gets whittled down is just dollars and cents. So if I'm meeting with a listing, I did this actually like this wasn't that long ago that I met with this woman and I'm still bitter about this one. Um, And I had confirmed that the husband would be there and he wasn't there. And then I didn't get that listing and um, pretty confident it was money Mm -hmm. that caused that to be the deciding factor. And when I got there to the appointment, this is where like, I haven't, I'm not trying to say I've 100% figured this out, but these are just things that you learn and things that we should do differently. Um, when you get to the appointment and somebody else is supposed to be there is to just say, oh, is it just you? You know, oh, I thought your husband was going to be joining us. Oh no, he couldn't make it. He's stuck at work. Oh, well, no worries. Let me find a new time for us to all get together. And then they're going to push back because they're going to want to just do it because they're there and they planned for it. And you have to, you have to have the discipline. I'm talking to myself. (laughs) You have to have the discipline and the confidence to say, I totally understand. And no, you know, I understand that would be more convenient for you. And I have found through my experience that when I meet with just one of the parties, there is information that is not relayed correctly and there's confusion. So to avoid that confusion and save you time in the future, let's find another time where Mr. can be there too. Your, your hubster. <laughs> what? <laughs> I hate it when people say my hubster. My I, hubby. Ugh. <laughs> so gross. Sorry, guys. So anyways, so having the confidence to once you've made the decision to spend your time with someone that when you get there and it's not what you thought it was going to be to have the confidence to say, let's reschedule. This yeah. is not what we signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> this is not what I came out for. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. A lot of times it's hard for you to want to say that because they can it can be such a drive out there. Now you have to commit to making that drive again. Yeah, that's, that time that's again. true that's too. That's true too. That's true too. But I, th- I think it's the difficulty of like, I don't know this person and now I'm going to tell them no. Basically, and we don't even 100%. have, a, we don't even have a relationship yet, relationship yet. But the reality is, is that if they're interviewing three other agents, you're not gonna have a relationship anyway. So you might as well roll the dice and reschedule the appointment. Well, because that's the thing, g- right? Because, okay. So at that point, how much time have you spent getting there? Um, yeah, right. like I, 20 minutes Well, in the drive, you mean? What? No. Well, I meant like preparing and oh, then getting out but, there. Right. 20, where can you get 20 minutes in Orlando? My house. Nowhere. A mile well, away. I just mean, I just mean uh, the preparing. It doesn't go anywhere. No, no, no. I'm thinking the preparing, it's like, but the preparing's done. So whenever it's rescheduled, you've already done that part. So. No, no, no. But I just mean like at that point, you've talked to them on the phone. That's at least 15 minutes to just do the, the initial 
like um, lead sheet gathering information. Yeah. Then you're going to spend time putting together the listing presentation, or in this case, Kayla puts together the listing presentation. How long does that take? Because it's just replacing a couple slides. It takes five minutes. Okay. So let's say you're doing it and you don't have an assistant. It's probably 15 minutes because you're probably, you probably don't have the system in place. So it's at least 15 or 20 minutes. Well, yeah, if you, you know, if you don't have leverage to, to do that, then there's not a specific presentation. You're probably changing out several things. Um, so you're in for like 30 minutes plus you've got to do market information, market analysis. I spend at least an hour doing that for a listing presentation because I want to make sure that they're not telling me about some house that they've seen that I don't know about because that doesn't bode well during a listing consultation. So a minimum of an hour. So you've spent at least an hour and a half. Then in our area, it's at least 30 minutes to get anywhere in this town. Minimum. <laughs> minimum. Average 40. Yeah, so I'm in for two hours with these people. Now, when I get to the door and the person says, the other person that was supposed to be here isn't here, I can choose to spend another hour minimum with them and be three hours in and almost guarantee that I'm not going to get the listing at that point or I'm definitely going to have to come back anyways and do it it again again, for guy number two. Um, Or I can say, Okay, I'm going to cut my losses. I'm in for two hours. I'm going to reschedule and come back out here. Now, you might still lose the listing appointment or you might lose the listing because they might cancel and list with the next person. So then you've only lost two hours versus three or four, right? Does this math add up? Yeah, sort of. I mean, I, I think, and and like I said, when you come back out, if you do schedule it and you go back out, the first part of that is already done. So it's not like you really lost that, that time. You're still going to present all of the stuff. You've already done your your CMAs and everything. You're, you're, you're set and ready. You just have to do the drive again. Yeah. Yes, but you're at least setting yourself up to... You, I'm I'm just guaranteeing because uh, you're talking this about just, you lose it both this, both ways. This is just through experience. When I've gone and the other person who's supposed to be there isn't there, I never that deal does not work out. We should get because, stats on that because like those, that is what the stats are. The Zero. stats are oh, Catherine has done this too many times. <laughs> no, um, what happens? Excuse me. What happens is the next person that comes, he's there. He's there. Yeah. And they have the ability to actually close. You don't have the ability to close because yeah. you're not. How are you going to get? How are you going to get the paperwork signed? signned. How you are, can't yeah, get both signed. You can't. And, so and, what? Why do the appointment if you can't get the paperwork signed at the end of the appointment? Well, and then I why do the you, appointment? Like I've I've left appointments like where this sounds like this has happened a lot. This really hasn't happened a lot, but like where I've left an appointment and I'm like. I'd be really surprised if I didn't get that. Like she was really like, I think mm-hmm. she really liked me and everything went really well. The price, everything seemed to be in line with the expectations. Like she said yes mm-hmm. and then still didn't get the listing. Why? Because he wasn't there right. and it was up to him right. or it was their joint decision, but it didn't matter because I didn't get to talk to him. Right. And so he was there for the next one. You said you gave them a, a the, at the end of the conversation, the price was 400,000. The next person he was there for and he said, 425 and they said yeah we think we can do that or whatever it happens to be not having any idea what your process is or what you offer or any of the things or what how where, where your numbers are percentage wise and how close you get to your numbers and all of that like all of that is out the window the only thing he saw from her were was the the number price yeah. and cost and that's it 
because all that matters is money. Right. <laughs> Not all that matters, but like money is too big it's of a factor first, yeah. to leave it to just, if there's more than one person on that deed, to just leave it up in the air and say, well, I hope they explain all that I just put you know, right. I've been doing this for 15 years and have <laughs> explanations for all of this. I hope this person who's never sold a house that was half paying attention can explain everything that I'm going to do right. to sell this house well, versus versus somebody else. The biggest part of that, too, is is explain. It's like a lot of what we do in listing consultations is questions. Well, ask questions. And yeah. so how do you you're you're asking questions to get at their motivation? And maybe that's another thing to, to add is I have a lot of questions so that we can so that I can help you sell your house for the price you want you want to get. I have a lot of questions and I have a lot of questions for your husband as well. Um, so I think the best thing to do is to reschedule this where you both can be here and I can ask those questions and get the answers from both of you yeah. or something to that effect. I'm sure it's there's a script somewhere for there's a script for everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we take a, a break from this podcast that someone's <sighs> listening to out there? <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Let's take a break. Okay. But before we take the break, yeah, I will say mm. that you're listening to Seeking the Best. And this is our podcast where we try to seek out the best in ourselves and overcome the personal and professional hurdles of being in the real estate industry. <laughs> I'm Catherine Stelges. And across from me is my co-host and director of operations, Kayla Boundy. Hi. And our um, producer extraordinaire, <laughs> Sound engineer. Decision maker. Decision maker. What? Well, no. She said it. <laughs> uh, Patrick Fadika. Hello. And I feel like my mouth is filled with marbles saying that intro did not come out well. Well, was also you know, at the end of. <laughs> you just have to practice. You've only done it 99 times. So. <laughs> oh, yes. That's right. It is our 99th episode. Yeah. So. It's pretty exciting. Mm hmm. Well, I hope you're enjoying listening to 99 hours of us talking about real estate. We like talking. <laughs> How fun. Uh, I just hope someone likes listening. <laughs> they do, I think. Or they're just, it's a, they hate it. They, they hate, hate, hate a, listen. <laughs> it's a hate listen. Maybe. All right, let's take a break. Okay. And we're back. So, yeah. Appointments. Uh, Pat said, do you know where you're going with this? I'm sorry. I have to just say, of course, mm -hmm. we have notes that we, you know, we, we come up with topics and things that, um, that we're trying to work through and like come up with. Yeah. There's new stuff every week. Every, that's the thing about this industry and why I, I, when I joke about listeners. We do have listeners and I, I hope that you guys get some value out of this because this is like. 15 years of mistakes and like yeah. just kind of falling along yeah. to where I am today. Well, so. no, it, it's, 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 it's all of those mistakes and, and you start, you do it long enough that you start to notice a pattern in the mistakes. And so you create systems so that those mistakes don't happen. So it's like, Every once in a while, something happens, a mistake happens or or something weird with a client happens. You don't change your ev the way everything is set up around. Like every single thing. Every yeah, single like thing. It's like you have to have the experience to be able to see, oh, this is repeating. I'm hearing this a lot, like over years. And then you tweak your systems, you tweak your scripts to fit those things to instead of saying, oh, well, when are you available? You say, 
are, are uh, I've got three o'clock and four o'clock available. Which one works best for you? Well, even right, just that, like- that's a real simple, easy thing. But that's one of many where maybe when you are first starting, or maybe some listeners that we have that are just starting, they just kind of say, "Well, when are you available?" And then you find yourself running around all week long to different appointments. And ah, I was going to do that, but I guess I don't have time. Oh, I don't have time to eat lunch today because I have this. Take a breath. <laughs> the struggle is real. Take a breath. <laughs> I did eat lunch today. Kayla, did you eat lunch today? Yes, I did. That's a win. Mm-hmm. That's right there, a win. Small win. But it, it, it is. That is, again, we're talking about appointments and what that's the biggest part of real estate agent's job is to go on appointments. And it can either destroy your career <laughs> or make your career, depending on who you're meeting with and how you're managing that available appointment time. And then, so one of the things we learned over the last year was um, through COVID and everything was that virtual appointments suck. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. If they're you, they're if good you can, if they're out of state. Yeah, but, if well, you can get them on the line because it's easy to ghost. We've found that well, it's easy. It's easy to ghost, and um, they. Well, you have to have you have to tweak it, right? Like what you're just saying, mm-hmm. you can't just apply the exact same presentation unless you can. Um, I take that back. You can do the same presentation, but you have to share your screen. So anything that you would normally be going over in person, you need to then share it and have the same expectation of the end result. So what I mean by that is in our buyer consultation, we um, we go over, we actually go through the MLS and look through listings with people just to kind of get a sense of what they're liking and what they're they're hating. And so you have to share that screen with them and go over the same thing. Otherwise you won't have seen that they really did not like that kitchen that looked like it was from the seventies. Or they're not being realistic about what they like. Well, right. Because, and I think we have an episode about um, buyer appointments a little bit more in detail um, where I like to show them as I'm putting in the criteria, how it's how the number of (laughs) homes available is actually going down. So that they can have a realistic expectation that, hey, based on what you just described, there are six houses available. You have to do that on the computer too. Right in front and of them. point it out right. just like you would in person because otherwise the end result won't be the same. Same thing when you get to the end of the consultation and go over um, any engagement paperwork or that's what I call it, or like loyalty agreement or exclusive buyer's agency agreement. It goes by many names, but what it is, is it's a commitment to get the buyer to work with you exclusively. You have to like open that up and actually share it with them. And that's one thing that we we still like we haven't 100 percent, you know, gotten on board with because it's new, it's different and so we sh- maybe we've shown it, but haven't actually shared it so they can sign it right while they're there, just like they would in person. Like I don't let nobody leaves the room from my buyer's consultation unless it's signed, unless it's signed. I'm just kidding. But at the same time, I'm not. They sign the agreement. Why? Because we're in person and it's a natural closing to that consultation is like, OK, great. So based on everything we talked about today, I'm going to get your search set up. We're going to start looking at houses and here's how I'm going to represent you when we find the right house and you're ready to buy, to, ready to make an offer. And I'm going to go over it with you. Got to do the exact same thing on the virtual call um, and then having them sign it right there is, is, is really important. But one of the other things we learned through last year was that it is really easy for people to ghost you when it's just a virtual call. Like, See, yeah. I just said it. I just made it sound like it's not a big deal, right? Mm. It's just a virtual call that she won't 
have to even leave her pajamas or leave her house. She'll still be in her pajamas. It's not a big deal. I'm not really inconveniencing her. Right. That's probably what people are saying on the other end. Yeah. When they don't take it seriously, I can only imagine. I wouldn't do that to someone, but people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to, we did start to see a pattern with that and had to say, how can we make sure we're confirming these appointments? And then I was like, Kayla, can you call these people? <laughs> call them. Make sure they confirm. get on their screen the day and of. Make sure that they know. First of all, a lot of people like to, this is what else I've learned. People will say, I've called them. Like you get on the screen, you're waiting there for 10 minutes. Nobody shows up. Pick up the phone and call them. And you do. And they're like, oh, I totally forgot. It's like, what? Yeah, they're lying. You forgot to talk about something like buying a house? Well, committed to. Well, they obviously didn't see it as a set serious appointment because they didn't have to go anywhere. Right. Right. If they had made a doctor's appointment or made an in-person appointment to come to our office, it's less likely that they would do that. But so, you know, so tweaking it and saying, what can I do differently? So having a system in place to make sure once an appointment is set that number one, they're getting a rem- they're getting the initial email saying, here's where we're going to meet. Then calling and confirming the appointment the day before and saying, hey, you have an appointment mm-hmm. with this person. And this, know, this please and let us know that you're going to be there. Well, and also that someone will be waiting for you. One of the one of the by being able to do that a bunch of times because of covid now with there are no um, Zoom meetings with people that unless they live out of town. So, so well, yeah. Now that we're back, now that we're back, to, to but you person. got to you got to take all of the experience from that and apply it to people who are out of town that want to sell their home or buy a home or anything like that to be able to, to, to so that you don't get ghosted. Yeah, you know, with with those people. Well, and here's got, an, gotten to learn how that works. Well, and here's an example of like this. This was a, a recent consultation where they they did not live here and. One of our team members set the consultation and the um, the other party, like one of the, the one of the people, the girl, we'll say the girl wasn't going to be able to make it or she wasn't sure she was going to be able to make the time. And our team member, you know, she obviously expressed that it was really important for her to be there because even though that girl was out of town in a different location, she still joined on her phone. And she joined the consultation. So point being that serious buyers who are willing, ready, and able to buy will show up. Mm-hmm. You just have to make sure they understand the importance of it and that we're only meeting with both of you. So good job, Julie. <laughs> just well, I <laughs> Shout think, out to Julie. I, th- I mean, and once again, that's to save your time, which is the most important thing. It's why you guys don't. A long time ago, this was this is it, this is such old news that uh, it's weird to even bring it up, but um, because it's so out of out of mind for the way ThinkLiveB operates. But as simple as a phone call, hey, we're interested in seeing that house that you have listed. Will you come open the door for us? Mm-hmm. Right, and we still get those calls. Yeah, but but I mean, the idea that some agent in the think Luby office would go and open a door for some rando because they want to see a house um, is, is, is not even something that's entertained. But I know that there are lots of agents out there that do that Mm -hmm. because they don't covet their time enough. Right. And that person who isn't willing to come into the office also isn't to work, isn't willing to work exclusively with you and are going to waste your time. 
Can you imagine? So first of all, besides the overall like safety issues that there are around just going and opening doors for random people that call on signs, besides that, just setting that aside, like imagine that time. Yeah. So have your name, your phone number, maybe an email address. Maybe I've asked you to get pre-approved or maybe not because some new agents will just go open doors no matter what. And I'm going to then take what did we say? 30 minutes minimum to get somewhere. And then trust me when I say this, this is learned through experience. The person that calls you out of the blue that wants to go look at this one house is going to be there at that house for a minimum of one hour. (laughs) Okay. Then 30 minute drive back. So you're going to spend two hours with somebody who you don't know, Mm -hmm. you know nothing about except whatever they told you on the phone for like the one minute that you're on the phone to schedule a time to meet with them. And then you're going to, so you're going to go spend minimum of two hours with a complete stranger. What's your time worth? Instead of spending it in any other way. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Yeah, people do it all the time. And I'm saying that I have done that before. That's why I said. Long, 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 long time ago. Like like 13 years ago. Yeah. 14 years ago. Yeah. It was one of the first things that we, one of the first systems that we put in place, right? Where let's, and then you get there and they're like, yeah, we're not interested in working with an agent. Yeah. Or, yeah, my brother's an agent, actually. And, uh, you know, there's a million things. Or they say, yeah, we're not interested. Yeah, go ahead. You can give me a call. And then they ghost you and can stuff. I, it's I, like, it's like, how many times does that have to happen before you make a, put a system in place to I've make sure it doesn't? I've seen too many catching killers. Well, yeah, that, that, and that, that is, that. yeah, and that, that is a whole other thing that we don't even need to get into of the safety issue of well, it. it I just, just and I, we've had you've had buyers agents who didn't know any better coming on on board and stuff because that's when they were a single agent that's what they did and and trying to explain and and coach and educate of this is why we don't do this and stuff so if you've got buyers agents that are have come on board who have been like well that's what I used to do then I would take take that and extrapolate it. How'd that go for you? <laughs> well, but so I was I was going somewhere with the, the two hours though. Like obviously you could put those two hours into lead generating. How many people could you call in two hours if you were like a decent caller? Dial or connect? Either one. Dial twenty. You think you could dial 20 people in two hours? Yeah. I would hope Just so. Just depending on how many people you connect with. Well, I think you could dial more than you that. You can dial more, way more than 20 and people. And obviously, if you had a dialer, you can dial a whole bunch more. But anyways, if you talk to 20 people, what is the industry standard for how many appointments you would have set for, and I mean out of consultations Isn't out it of 20? 5%, but 2.5 after COVID? Yeah, but I think the, the that after COVID thing applied to COVID. COVID, so 5% yeah. of 20. So math that. Four. One. Mm-hmm. One. One. <laughs> Shows my four. math. Sorry. Four. Not four appointments Science in 20. Rules. That would be awesome. Right? Yeah. One. If I, talk, if I set four appointments for every 20 people. So you could, yeah. so you could either go it. open a door for a rando that you don't know. They don't know anything about. Or, or you I can, can spend set two hours lead generating an and set an appointment with somebody who's qualified and ready to meet. Right. And I must have. My, sometimes when I'm talking, I'm moving my arms around and my Fitbit thinks I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> Exercise. Exercise. Um, but, or just take take those two hours. And I'm thinking of a specific scenario where I did this many, many years ago. And I remember I went and showed these people a house. And I, I remember I remember what house it was. And I remember that they were like, 
what I what I presumed at the time to be like a young professional couple. They seemed put together driving a, a you know, a nice car. I don't remember what it was or whatever. But like what I presumed to be people who could afford the house. I probably asked them if they were pre-qualified or pre-approved. I don't think I ever showed unqualified people houses randomly, even as a new agent. But they seemed like cool people. I showed them the house and no joke, we were there for a minimum of an hour and it was nighttime. I remember that it was dark out and I remember like that might have been a, a turning point because I remember it so vividly. I was at, I was at home st- steaming mad because <laughs> I had like, dinner waiting. Like I and, and, and then she calls and says, just eat without me. And it's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going <laughs> to eat without you. Um. So, but I remember it so vividly. So that might have been a turning point where I said, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. That was stupid. And here's why. Because I went and I drove over there, showed the house, drove back home. It was late at night. And I called the people the next day because they seemed really interested, right? I was like, oh, I'm going to go home and make it. Yeah, they were there for an hour. I know. They were like measuring rooms. Why would you be measuring in there for an hour if you weren't interested? And those people never answered my call again. This was before ghosting was a term. Hmm. The fact that it's a term just goes to show you everything that right. is wrong with society. <laughs> like who does that? Anyway, um, well, I'm currently ghosting market leader because they keep calling me trying to sell me leads. <laughs> um, I'm not interested right now, market leader. Uh, but anyways, that is just a perfect example of what well, could have been lead generating or I could have just been at home eating dinner. Relax. Yeah. Relaxing. Relaxing and recharging for the next day. Spending it with it somebody you that also, I actually care about and that's know. Me. <laughs> that's me. And and you'd also wasted time trying to call them, getting your hopes up. Yeah. It kills your multiple, mental a little bit too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it definitely, and and you put yourself in that situation by making those choices. Like, yeah. I didn't even think about that until you said that. Mindset is such a big deal in this industry because you are, you're going to get rejected. Even when you get serious, cool appointments. Cool, I don't know why I said that. Cool people. <laughs> when I get cool appointments uh, and I go on those, uh, you still are going to get rejected sometimes. And that can be really hard. You you can work really, really hard. You can write up like three offers today and like they can all fall through tomorrow. Yeah. And so it can be really hard to deal with those ups and downs and those emotions, yeah. especially if you're like, you know, an overly emotional person. Hi. Yeah, most, <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So protecting me. protecting your time and protecting your mindset are, are one in the same. Well, and so every time you make a choice to meet with somebody that isn't willing to do what you require or like meet a minimum standard. And you've put that minimum standard in place because you've been burned by not having it. And so you put it there for a reason. And and so if you make those exceptions, if you bend your rules that you've put in place or that you've heard other people tell all these horror stories. And so you're putting them into place because of what I'm saying. I'm not going to be like Catherine. (laughs) Don't don't be Catherine. (laughs) Um, Then then you're going to have a really hard time keeping your mindset up because you're going to be disappointed. People, this is going to sound really cynical. People only care about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like that is almost true. I know, like I care about people that I know and like I care about Kayla. <laughs> I care about Pat. Um, I care about Biscotti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in here. Uh, she's helping out with the podcast care today. About people you, who she, are, made it, are she made it to two people and then went to dogs. <laughs> So. That's about how it goes. <laughs> um, but no, but you, you like 
I'm not saying that people don't care about other people, but they don't care about strangers. And right. you are a stranger to that person yeah. that you just opened the door They're like, for. I don't know you. So who cares? Yeah. I'm not going to call you back. I don't want to make an offer on that house. Yeah. I don't need you for anything other than what you've already provided. Yeah. You're not a door opener. That is not your job is to be a door opener for That's people. right. And if you don't put people in line right from the beginning and tell them how this is going to work... They're going to run all over you. I said in the last episode, don't lead from behind, lead from the front, right? You got to tell people how this is going to work. And if they don't want to do it, there's a reason why you put that stuff in place. And it's to test them to make sure they're, they're serious about what they're doing. And if they don't do those things, if they don't show up when they say they're going to, if they don't sign the paperwork, if they don't do the, they are telling you they're not serious. They're telling you there's something wrong with this, right? So the plan is working. Yeah. It's it's like, did you miss out on a on a sale? No, because they probably weren't going to buy anything anyway. Because they were telling you that they're not serious because they weren't following the system that you had laid out to protect yourself. Um, I was going to say also on on setting appointments and stuff like as an individual agent or or small, you know, if you have an admin or an executive assistant, like you're the one making most of the calls and talking to people. And so you have firsthand knowledge of how that conversation went and if the rapport was was strong. So you can make a judgment call if the person didn't, like let's say the person didn't confirm the appointment. Well, I can make a judgment call because I physically talked to them and I know where they came from and what their story was. Should I go into the office and be there or just not go? Because I have, I have, one time, I don't remember if you were there. Was you must have been. One time, someone did show up for an appointment, and I was not there because I was like, they didn't confirm the appointment. So sorry, <laughs> and I wasn't there. And then I, I don't remember what happened. Like, did we reschedule? I don't remember. But um, or did I just drive over there? Well, I'll, I don't I'll, recall that happening during my time. I'll think. I'll think it over and yeah. figure out who it was because I'm pretty sure I ended up working with them. And so. When you set up your systems and scripts, like you have to be, you have to be really specific that you want them to confirm with you that they're going to be there. Right. That, hey, especially. You you mean you don't say, this is just a helpful reminder about our appointment today. You put in place, you need to reply back saying you're going to be there or whatever. Like, so that. Well, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, letting them know, especially, and here's where it's most important. If you're doing a Zoom call, it isn't that big of a deal if they don't show up. I mean, it's still annoying, but like you can take your computer, open it up and say, well, they didn't confirm, but I'm going to go ahead and log in and see if they show up. Easy. If you have to drive into the office or drive to their house and then they're not there (laughs) or they're, yeah, they're not there at the office then you've lost a lot of time and that's really annoying. So letting people know that, hey, I'm going to set this consultation. I'm going to send you an email with the address. And then the day before, we're going to call to confirm that this time still works. I won't be here unless I hear back from you confirming. Because, and here here's the thing, like we do work weekends and evenings. So I'm not driving all the way into the office. I, I moved a little bit further from the office. So now it's like, it's I am a not, bit of a drive. Yeah. I am not driving all the way to the office. If I don't know that that person is going to be there mm-hmm. because that could, that could spend, uh, that could be my entire morning. Right. So especially on a weekend or an evening, if I'm not already there and supposed to be there, I am not driving all the way over there. 
And that has come that that like feeling of like, I'm not doing it unless I know they're going to be there is because of last year and having people do that through COVID and virtual appointments. But also like as you hire people, this is where I was going with that. As you hire people, you no longer know what their um, what that firsthand conversation was. So even you mean you mean if somebody sets an appointment for you. Right. So even a team member that you're like, you know that they do good on scripts and you know that they're they know what they're supposed to say. You don't know exactly how the conversation went. And so there have been times um in in the you know, throughout the years that we've had different people come in and out where people would set an appointment and that person wouldn't show up. It happens more when you start hiring people than you do on your own. And so just know that like if you're going to leverage appointment setting and have other people doing that too as part of the team activities and lead generating that you will have less appointments show up. And then just as a side note, you should change your conversion rate when you're business planning because between set and held because as a single agent and you're, you're talking to the person and you know what's being said there's just a higher likelihood that they're going to show up yeah, and, and they're going to be there. Because they talk, the they talk to you and not to somebody else. Yeah. There's, there, yeah. there's a little bit of a, a gap there. Yeah. And so the idea is that if you do this the right way and you have enough people making those calls that the, the number of, of helds is percentage wise might be less, but there's more of them. Right, right. So that you actually make more money. That's kind of the... Well, everybody, yeah. if everybody's setting more appointments, then it doesn't matter if that conversion rate goes down yeah. a little bit. And then bit. They, they just, yeah. And then the idea is to just work on that and make sure that the, the you know, the percentages are the same. Like the that so-and-so on the left is setting the same number of appointments set and held as the so-and-so on the right. Yeah. And that those percentages are the, are the same. Otherwise, we know there's a script issue. Well, and I've got... So one, one of the things that sort of prompted this this conversation with Pat and I is that um, I did, I set an appointment over the, or two appointments over a weekend and on, on like a Sunday morning outside of my times, why did I do that? And, you know, I was trying to do somebody a favor. And then um, both of those, like, I just don't feel like that was necessary, mm-hmm. you know? And then I was fine. Like it was fine. It was just, the, it was like I worked a half day, right? And we still had a nice afternoon afterwards. But there was this sense of guilt and like, why did I do that? Why did I, 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 I have specific appointment times. This didn't fall into it. Yeah. Why did I do that? And then the first one that morning, she didn't show up at, on time. She did eventually sign in. Um, but it was like five minutes later. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I just booked this for 9 a.m. on a Saturday and this person's not going to show up. And it reminded me, oh yeah, that's why I have these systems in place. Yeah. Is like it it only works though if you remember and have the discipline to really just look at your calendar and look at the available slots yeah. every time somebody wants and to I, meet with you. And in this don't bit- say, sure, pull up your calendar. <laughs> right. Yeah. And look at what you actually have. And then if you've blocked them out with those specific times, like 1.30, 3.30, then you can only choose those times. And to not get super excited too, because like, I think you have had these systems and you've, and you've kind of been like that and I haven't really, you haven't really booked, like just randomly booked like you did last week. But also the difference is, is that you've made the conscious decision that to try to hit a certain number of sales before the end of the year 
And so you saw know, your, your eyes in turned mood. into little dollar signs <laughs> and you're like, and you just reacted. And so a younger agent is doing that too, because their phone isn't ringing off the hook. So when it does ring, it's like, Oh, Oh, and their eyes turn into dollar signs and they make bad decisions. And that's what you, you've got 15 years experience. It wasn't a r- random person that called and, and you were, you were, you were specifically trying to get, a certain number of sales before the end of the year. And so you just kind of reverted right back into it. And then as soon as you did it, you're like, Oh, why? What? Come on. Well, and that's, that's the thing. That's how easy it is though, because well, this isn't, I won't go all into the deep on, um, in the one thing book though, they talk about willpower and that's a really good example of like, um, my willpower had been depleted that day (laughs) when I talked to that person, it was later in the day and they wanted to meet over the weekend. And I gave, and I was like, and it wasn't dollar signs, it's unit numbers. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 I'm like, Ooh, I can still make a certain number of sales this year. If I push really hard, I had just thought about that the day before. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I'm right on the cusp. Phone rings, phone rings a couple times, new people. And it's like, I gotta get all these booked. And that was a conscious choice. It really was. Like I thought about it. I'm like, okay, but um, immediately regretted it. Yeah, I, I know the stove is going to be hot. Should I touch it? I know <laughs> it's going to be hot. I touched it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, this is the life, people. If you don't like it, go get a different job. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. All right, let's take a break. The Think Look B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Live B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. What are we doing next? Well, we have a little bit of time here, so let's uh, let's try this. Coming soon to a theater near you. Should I watch that? So okay. you guys know how to play this game. I give you a movie and you try to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, What's the theme? What's the theme? Catherine has eight wins. I don't care about that. What's Kayla, the theme? Kayla has four. Ooh, wow. Look okay. at me go. In ancient Greek religion and mythology, the muses are the inspirational goddesses of literature, science, and the arts. They were considered the source of the of knowledge embodied in the poetry, lyric songs, and myths that were related orally for centuries in ancient Greek culture. The established set of these goddesses is nine. Dante had nine circles of hell. J.R.R. Tolkien had nine rings of power, and the Beatles had the sound collage Revolution 9 on the White Album. The number nine was also a superstition among composers that they would die after completing their Ninth Symphony. Some composers who died after composing their Ninth Symphony include Ludwig van Beethoven, Anton Bruckner, Antonin Vorak, and Gustav Mahler. 
you can go to the whole you can go the whole nine yards a cat has nine lives you can be on cloud nine a stitch in time saves nine possession is nine tenths of the law and dress to the nines today is our 99th episode so today's theme is the number nine fun you know if you guys get nothing about real estate out of this podcast pat has some pretty fun little anecdotes wikipedia (laughs) is your friend okay first movie office satire about three female secretaries who decide to get revenge on their tyrannical sexist boss by abducting him and running the business themselves starring jane fonda lily tomlin Dolly Parton and Dabney Coleman. What is the tomato meter score for the 1980 movie Nine to Five? I just watched this like last month. Really? Oh, did you really? Mm-hmm. It's good. I love yeah. Nine to Five. Yeah. Okay, so you go first. Um, I'm gonna say 87. Okay, I'm gonna say 91. The tomato meter score is 83. Oh, Ooh, got it. I I do love that classic. <laughs> I was going to um. I was going to go first since I was ahead of you. I thought that would be the nice thing to do. But since you had just seen it, I thought I would give you the. When um, that was Dolly Parton's first movie. And so she was so nervous that she memorized everybody's lines in it. So she knew the every single person's line in the entire film. Mr. Hart. What was the, the podcast? Was it Radio Lab? What did we listen to? It was um, yeah, Radio Lab has like a ten part series on Dolly Parton. It's, it was amazing. Re- yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it's if amazing. You, or into Dolly Parton, even if you're not. No, you don't have to. Be, yeah. You will be by the time I, you're I, done that, listening. That's what to I was going to gonna say. You don't need to be into Dolly Parton. Just interesting, uh, very interesting person. And yeah, because awesome. they interviewed her. Yeah, it wasn't like just about her. She was in the whole thing right. and stuff. So yeah, it was very very interesting. It, yeah, just an interesting story of like her success and she's all great the things yeah. that she's done. Yeah. Okay, so Kayla's got the first one. Score. 30 years ago, aliens arrive on Earth to find refuge from their dying planet. Separated from humans in a South African area, aliens are managed by Multinational United, which is unconcerned with the aliens' welfare, but will do anything to master their advanced technology. When a company field agent distracts or contracts a mysterious virus that begins to alter his DNA, there is only one place he can hide. What is the tomato meter icon? What is the tomato meter score for Neil Blomkamp's first film, District Nine? Have you seen this? Oh, it was a long time ago. It was a while. It's been a while. A long time ago. I was a young teenager. Oh my god! Okay, it. that makes me feel old. I will. I will guess my. Catherine score. and I went to the movie theater and saw this. Uh, yeah, I remember. Um, I'm gonna say tomato meter score is the critic plus. Uh, people. It's the critic score. Oh, it's a critic score. Okay. Uh, I got mine. 91. I think that's what I guessed on the last one. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> I was in 64. The tomato meter score is 90. Wow. Man, I You're almost, almost got on it. the nose. You almost got double points on oh, that one. Oh, man. I have to watch that one again because I barely remember it, but I remember very, District 9. That's a very good movie. That guy made a short film, and I think what happened, I don't remember exactly the story, but he had a short film that was kind of like, it was like the, it was District 9, but it was just a short, mm-hmm. not much of a story or anything like that. It was like 10 minutes long. And Peter Jackson, who made the Lord of the Rings movies saw it and said, this is awesome. You need to make this a new movie. Here's a hundred million dollars. Go do it. Like <laughs> that's, that's how, it, that's cool. how his career. Yeah. So it was some, something to that effect. Like he was like, here's your blank check. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Okay. One to one. So it's one to one. Question number three. Can I just say something? Yeah. Okay. So that is, I'm not saying that that guy didn't work really hard and obviously make a really cool concept and story, but that's what you call luck. Yeah. Well, there's always luck to every- (sighs) Getting the right person. Well, just in any business and any, anything, getting rich, doing all of the, being successful. There's a lot of hard work, but there's also a lot of luck. I'm waiting for that luck. Me too. (laughs) I'm waiting for it to happen. I'll tell (laughs) you. Okay. Jimmy the Tulip Tedeschi, a mob hitman turned informant, ratted on the mob and put his life in jeopardy. Now he has moved to suburban Montreal to make a new start. His next door neighbor is mild-mannered Nick, who recognizes Jimmy from the newspaper stories about his mob testimony, and that's when Nick's simple, boring world turns upside down. What is the tomato meter score for the 2000 movie starring Bruce Willis, Matthew Perry, and Rosanna Arquette, The Whole Nine Yards? 82. <laughs> Is it did your eighty two because you like Bruce Willis? Therefore, the, right. i.e., <laughs> the movie is good. Uh, you know what? I'm going to watch the movie tonight. <laughs> I don't remember. It is a good movie. Have you seen it? Yes, a couple I, times. I, I've seen it, but I don't remember it at I all. I don't think I've ever seen this. So really? I'm going to guess no. um, sixty eight. The tomato meter score is forty three. I get another one. This is dumb. <laughs> you have to think about what the critics would think about I, it. I I like the movie. I know, but and you they have had to... the whole ten or whole ten yards too. Yeah. Oh, they made a sequel. Had yeah. I known that, I would have gone lower. Yeah, <laughs> I'm but just you kidding. but you have to think about what the critics would think about the movie, not I what don't Kayla pay thinks. Attention to them, critics. <laughs> but that's, that's the game. The game is what the critics think. That's the game. I like to go against. This the isn't norm. like. <laughs> but this is the game. Luck. Here we go. All right. <laughs> When Nine, Elijah Wood, springs to life, it finds itself in a post-apocalyptic world where humans no longer exist, and the only signs of life are sentient ragdolls like itself and the machines that hunt them. Though it is the youngest of the group, Nine convinces comrades that the only way to survive against the machines is to stop hiding, go on the offensive, and find out why the machines want to destroy them. What is the tomato meter score for the animated 2009 Elijah Wood-voiced Nine? Never seen it. It was, I recall it. It's like the District 9 movie. Um, I remember it, but I don't remember They're it. They're animated like yeah. little puppets mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Little They're cool. It's it cool looking. It was a little looking. scary when I was watching it as a kid. I think it is kind of dark. Mm-hmm. I haven't uh, I haven't seen it um, all the way through. And it was came out a long time ago. So. Hmm. You first, right? I don't know, but I'll go. I'll go. It's no problem. I don't remember. I'm going to win. Anyways. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to guess. I, I mean, I have no point of reference, but I like Elijah Wood. Uh, so what was that movie that he was in with Macaulay Culkin? The Good Son? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That one was I used to one. love that movie. That was a long time that ago. That was a long one. <laughs> I can't believe you pulled that out of thin air. I've seen everything. You know, I got good, <laughs> I got good movie chops. Okay. I'm going to guess... Um, 65. 74. The tomato meter score is 57. Oh, so I think that's all wrapped up, but we'll play the last round Just here for, for fun. fun. The Good Son was a good movie because my sister, Courtney, she has two two boys. One's blonde and one's brunette. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, wow. Which one's going to die? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That is dark. <laughs> Let's edit that out. That was like too much. I've said that to her. She's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Okay, last one. 
Michael Dooley is a cop who likes to work alone, but while working a case, his boss assigns him a partner. That partner is Jerry Lee, a drug-sniffing dog. The first Dooley can't at first, Dooley can't stand his furry sidekick, especially since the dog seems to take pleasure in destroying Dooley's possessions. But when Dooley discovers that Jerry Lee's drug-sniffing skills are no joke, he warms up to the pooch. What is the tomato meter score for the 1999 Jim Belushi movie, Canine? Oh, I haven't seen this one. But you go first. I'm going to say 78. Okay, I'm gonna say. You think that this that the critics thought that the the buddy <laughs> comedy with Jim Belushi and a dog, and a dog. said this is movie of the year, seventy eight percent. You don't get it's no no Jim Belushi, <laughs> no take backs. That's what I said, Jim Belushi. According to Jim, it's Jim Belushi. Okay, okay. what did I say? Seventy eight. I'm gonna go. Fair enough. It's passing. With, now remember, it's closest to the pin rules. Yeah. So $1 I'm gonna go Bob. with. 49. Wow. Really? What did you say? 78. The tomato meter score for 1999 Jim Belushi vehicle <laughs> is 22%. Okay. I, went. I thought Belushi was a solid, I thought he was a big name. The one line. nineteen seventy. No, never. <laughs> never, he, no. He'd, that was his been, brother. <laughs> was, yeah, he was coasting on his brother's. Who's co- the other Belushi then? Jim Belushi, John Belushi from Saturday Night Live. And then this is Jim Belushi from According to Jim. <laughs> um, and the w- one sentence review is, if I wasn't a dog person, I'd give this a zero. <laughs> so the dog won him over. That's hilarious. But if you if you want to watch one that is at least watchable, that is like that, is Turner and Hooch with Tom Hanks, which kind of- Tom would be a better I actor. think that can't, it's, it, well, yeah, he's just so charming and stuff that if you watch that, I think that one came out first. Before the canine did. So it's almost like the knockoff version. Yeah. Got it. Discount. I was looking, I was trying to see what movie Jim Belushi was in a long time ago that, because you say according to Jim, nobody knows what that is. Do people watch that? I've heard of according to Jim. It's one of those shows that no one's ever seen, but was on for like nine years. Right. So how did it stand? You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways. All right. Sorry. We just really ragged on Jim Belushi. Yeah. Sorry. You think he's listening? (laughs) I don't know, but I kind of feel bad about it. (laughs) Small wins. I actually watched that show. Which show? Jim, according to Jim. Oh, you did? (laughs) I did. So it was Caleb. How old were you? A child? Nine. Yeah, that's different. Oh, come on. Uh, He was in Curly Sue. Oh, yeah, he was in Curly Sue. Oh, there you go. I haven't seen that. What? You haven't seen that? Well, that, was, like, that might like, have been when you were born. You would like Curly Sue. <laughs> Listen, I used to watch things from the 80s and 90s. You would like Curly Sue. <laughs> it's a good movie. That's what I said. I stand by that. I said. I don't know. Okay. Who's got a small win? Small win. Um, small win for me. Yesterday, I made some um, homemade Christmas ornaments, and it was Aww. fun. Uh, I've got money more to make, and I'm going to make some... Um, um, what is that? Garland? I'm going to make yeah. a little bead guard garland. We bought thousands and thousands of wooden <laughs> beads. beads. I'm going to string them up while I'm watching TV G- giving, giving her something to do instead of checking her phone and stuff. <laughs> you're going to take this little piece of twine and take this big <laughs> giant bucket of beads and just start stringing them. But yeah, I, t- I got some of the air dry clay and pressed some leaves into, um, into well, I got like little round cookie cutters, different sizes, and then made um made little ornaments and yeah they're, they're, they're cute. cute yeah they're really cute they're cute 
Oh, tis the season. My small win is the Bills won yesterday, and oh it was a great game. We're running um, out of football season here. The playoffs are going to hit, and then it'll be done. No, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to mm, we'll champ- see championships, baby. We'll I'm getting see. a Bills tattoo if we win we'll- the Super Bowl, guys. <laughs> um, but my small win is I made I made devil eggs for the first time. Deviled like my eggs? My own deviled eggs. Are they good? I'm not a big egg person. Catherine knows this about me, but she likes them. Like did you like them i liked them i made my own little the eggs and the mayo and mustard and i put a little dash of this and that in it and yeah then i cooked bacon and sprinkled it on top and, oh well bacon yeah yeah the bacon made it really good uh, but yeah that sounds good but sean ate them and he's like a snob when it comes to deviled eggs and he ate more than one <laughs> so deviled like, egg snob i didn't know there was <laughs> such a thing he's a snob with all food <laughs> oh, but okay. deviled eggs yes it can't just be just deviled eggs. just not pap- paprika I'm, on there. I'm not a huge fan of deviled eggs um i like eggs but i don't like hard-boiled eggs i eat for sustenance and protein they're, they're <laughs> just generally like like a gross texture. It's one of those However, foods where you can have one and then it just starts to get really gross. Yeah. Like, However, but like shrimp put, is like that. I can, uh, you start eating too many shrimp and it starts to just get, yeah, the first two are really out. good. And then you're like, oh, that's yeah. just a bug. Okay. We're, we're <laughs> I digress. <laughs> but, anyways, what I was going to say is you put bacon on it. Oh, you did anything. Yeah. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> That's how I get you to eat your vegetables. No. It's Brussels sprouts. There's bacon on it. <laughs> I love vegetables. Don't make me out to be something I'm not. I eat a lot of vegetables, guys. She does. I eat she a lot of carrots spinach. in the office. Did I leave carrots in the office? No, when you chew your carrots in the office. <laughs> Is this a thing that it's I do thing that, that I don't know about? It's not a bad thing, but you hear, hear them when crunching. we were at the colonial office, like you'd have your carrots and you just oh. munch on your carrots. No, oh, she's just saying that you would have them. That she, she She's agreeing, yes, you eat your vegetables. Yeah, because there was like some weird thing no, that I did no. that everybody comes, talks about behind my back. Catherine, the, the carrot cruncher. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> some sort of weird nickname you didn't know you had. Oh my goodness. Okay. No. Uh, and my small win is uh, I finished that table that I was working on last week and it's, it's done beautiful. and it's, it's up. Great. It turned out really good and I can't wait to go back to North Carolina and get some slabs for a dining room table. Mm-hmm. So. I love that. Oh. Yep. Hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. You can also send questions, letters, and stories to us at our website on seekingthebest.com. You can leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. Send us a tweet at Seek the Best Pod. And for Kat Kale and myself, thanks for listening. And we'll figure this all out next week. Adios. Bye. This has been a Think Live Be production. <laughs>